So welcome everyone to this new episode of uh, Mimamsa. Uh, today we'll be discussing about a controversy that emerged last week regarding the ban of Twitter. You know, people were discussing about banning Twitter on social media, uh, and we have seen that how instrumental social media has been in creating a lot of political changes in last few decade. Uh, and you know, from uh, the Uh, Brexit incident to the election of Trump, and to an extent the rise of Hindutva in India. Uh, social media has become really huge. Facebook, uh, if when when we look at Facebook, it is you know twice as large as any other country, uh, as the largest you know country in terms of population in the world. Uh, that is China. So social media platforms have become really powerful. They also exercise certain content moderation um, practices. uh which have become question, uh, questionable and people on both side of the political spectrum read bias in that uh so discuss uh, so to discuss all that uh we have shubham vyas and nikhil um today on the show uh so um now i'll request nikhil to you know uh, basically highlight his position and where does he stand in, on this entire issue uh, of twitter ban and the controversy around it nikhil So uh first things first this all starts in uh February it actually starts in 2018 uh when you know there is a there is a leak by Indian Express which says that uh the home ministry and essentially the uh information technology ministry got together with uh, social media honchos to discuss a new uh, amendment to the information technology act so initially the government denies it but then the draft is released and then of course once the draft is released the government has no choice to accept it that there was a meeting that was going on so that there was that they did invite public consultation but for many other reasons public consultation was not really that successful in the sense that uh, not all the many most of the suggestions that were given from the public consultation not really taken into account and then in 25th on 25th of february i might be getting the day wrong but in february 2021 this law was actually notified and this law is known as the information technology intermediary guidelines and digital ethics code 2021 so this law was notified on 25th of february and they the social media companies essentially were given 3 months to comply with the guidelines of this law so that brings us to the 25th of may which was the last month the last week essentially when which was the last day for the uh, compliance with these laws so this law essentially this law essentially deals with two aspects it deals with social media companies and digital media outlets so ott providers and news publishers but right now we are going to stick to social media companies as uh, the scope of the discussion so the big the bigger big picture of this law is that it creates a set of rules a set of rules that the social media companies must follow to maintain their status as an intermediary what is an intermediary an intermediary is a service where who is not responsible for producing the content but is responsible for hosting and disseminating the content so in basic words it is like a, a place where you can go and express your thoughts and they are not really responsible for what your thoughts are or who sees it essentially so that is uh, intermediary protection and so this law essentially or the amendment that was in, uh, made in 2021 essentially says that if the social media companies do not follow these uh, rules that are newly prescribed they will lose their status as an intermediary which is a problem for a lot of different reasons which we'll go into later in this discussion so but there was never a scope for a twitter ban as such because twitter cannot be banned again under any law currently in place 
of course i mean uh, government can take extra legal actions and there is a precedent for that but let's keep that aside but twitter cannot be really banned under any law in place but yeah so there is a status that the twitter can lose there is the intermediate status which twitter could have lost can lose if it does not follow the guidelines that are placed in this act so what what guidelines does this place essentially what guidelines does this place and why was it such a big controversy so the chief guideline that twitter had to comply with by the 25th of may was that it had to provide uh twitter's whatsapp facebook all social media outlets and i focusing on twitter because the controversy was on twitter all the social media outlets have to follow is that they have to provide a list of chief grievance officers essentially you know somebody you can go and complain to who are located in india who are based in india for indian users to complain to if they have any indian users or the government to complain to if they have any grievance against these social media companies or regarding to content on the social media companies so that is the compliance that was necessary by the 25th of may so that is one part of it uh, whatsapp and facebook essentially complied with the law but whatsapp then also sued the government in uh, in a court to essentially say that this law is against free speech and will infringe on users privacy that is uh, still ongoing that is still not heard yet but this is the scope of the law this was what compliance meant so why is this so my position on this essentially is that there is there are no good people here it everyone is a, uh, everyone has uh, their own intentions and none of them are for the indian consumer or the indian social media user so on one side yes the uh, twitter acts as a beacon of free speech but twitter has a long history of either differential actions across different countries across different people across different parties and ideologies which is not good i mean there is one thing to be said about banning all similar speech but there is one thing to be said about you know differential differentially acting towards different kinds of speech so that is there is a problem so twitter is not really a beacon of free speech here but the government of india on the other hand is also not a beacon of free speech and i'm not cracking a joke based on the tendencies of the current government but it is not a beacon of free speech just based on the law it has made because the idea of this law is that it creates such a hostile environment for social media companies to operate in that they will have no other uh, no other redress other than to either leave the country or follow every rule or every takedown request or every complaint the government comes up with regardless of whether it is you know in the good interest of their users or not so that is the position here i will let vyas continue yeah so uh, vyas what i would want to ask from you is that you know uh, nikhilas just summarized the issue you know the controversy around the, this entire issue uh and his position that maybe social media companies are not the right uh plat- you know don't have the authority to decide what is free speech and what isn't but you know government is also not the beacon uh of free speech so uh, where do you you know stand on this entire issue like do you do you feel that you know free speech is something that uh that any one authority can define what free speech is uh and if it is not the state then what it is uh so where do you fall on this entire issue yeah uh, so so to answer the question about free speech uh, and and if there is an authority who can define free speech well uh, whether or not there is an authority it can certainly not be a private enterprise right. and not be a private enterprise which has alternate uh, incentives uh, which uh, whose intents uh, you know uh, structure is such that uh, they uh, they are incentivized to earn the maximum amount of profit to sell the most ads at the same time we cannot expect them to also be uh, you know guardians of free speech for the society at large whether the state can be that or not th- that is still under question 
and uh, historically it has been the state which has placed limitations on free speech uh, so uh, i i would not say that the state is the right institution to secure free speech for the people uh, maybe we can talk about the judiciary uh, sort of coming in uh, as as a guarantor of of free speech uh, because uh, freedom of speech and expression actually is part of fundamental rights uh, in, in in our country so the supreme court and the high courts are essentially you know protectors of free speech so uh, when you when we talk about institutions uh, which are supposed to you know uh, uh, implement the free speech in the country i, I think judiciary is as close uh, to an institution as it can get uh, in 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 the current context now i i want to come to the point that nikhil had mentioned about the it rules being very repressive or being very tyrannical or being very despotic so uh, i i mean often uh, such a debate is formed around uh, around these it rules being very harsh but uh, the, the 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 real point here is that these laws are a result of conservative policy uh, there is no option but to leave no wiggle room for these private enterprises who have such humongous power they are more powerful than uh, almost all the states combined leave the top 5 states uh, th- th- these are very powerful entities if you allow any sort of wiggle room in your legislations to 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 these powers rest assured they will make sure to you know uh, sort of figure out what that wiggle room is and to use that to their advantage case in point being uh, kapil sibal being hired both by google and facebook simultaneously to find the gaps in the law that he himself framed while while he was in office so uh, I, i mean our, our country we, we need to assume like hume said we need to assume that every person uh, you know is is a bad person and and uh, they they are there to hurt uh, so uh, we need to have such protective restrictions in place that is the only way in which such private enterprises can be controlled right. the the control to access of, of a private website uh, does not amount to restriction of free speech i mean if if i am limiting a certain url if you, if i say you cannot visit twitter or you cannot visit facebook it does not amount to restriction of free speech if if i say that i am restricting access to the internet then you can make the case of restricting free speech but restricting a private enterprise is entirely within the constitutional right of 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 you know of of the government especially when such usage is, is causing disorder in 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 the country so uh, i mean uh, so i am trying to justify the harshness of the it rules but at the same time uh, the the power to ban or to pull down a content has been spread uh, spread out to too many authorities so maybe we need to restrict th- that power to certain authorities there can be uh, a certain uh, social media control board or they can be instituted some sort of tribunal uh, which can sort of take the judicial decision of whether or not to pull down a content but uh, th- that power cannot be uh, then given to every magistrate or or to every you know uh, ad- administrative official within the indian government it, it has to be restricted there has to be a structure to it and uh, this cannot be completely unrestrained power because then uh, then that uh, sort of uh, lowers down the economic value that we can extract from such internet services so so uh, that would be my uh, take on it so i i mean uh, these it rules are a product of conservative policy conservative policy is essentially looking before you leave policy so right. uh, this is just an attempt to to see what can happen yeah uh, so I, uh, i'm not sure if uh... 
both of you are aware of something called a regulatory sandbox so in a re- regulatory sandbox what you try to do is if you are not sure of what the uh, how the technology is going to evolve going forward so you try and create a sandbox you know you create some policies but you are going to evolve it over time and i think that is something that didn't happen uh, you know with uh, with social media it just you know it just came we never you know actually thought about the implications to it in the on the society uh, and i think that is that is where we actually missed the bus and one thing because you know because you were just saying that you know may, maybe we can uh, maybe it is possible for government to ban a particular site and still not uh, you know still not get counted as someone who is restricting the freedom of speech uh, so in that way like if you could have, you could have, you know maybe go back some 10 years back when all these social media companies were entering in the indian market do you think it was a right call on indian part to allow uh these companies which are you know this entire phenomena is now being called tech feudalism uh where you know the companies who are actually uh, listed somewhere else uh, maybe in united states and somewhere else in their uh, legislation uh, uh zones and uh, and they are in a way exercising uh, some sort of like control over uh over the policies you know governing the free speech in countries like india and there were a few countries at that time which said that okay maybe these companies you know having these companies in our country is not a good idea something like you know something what something mm-hmm. that china did uh, so what is your opinion like should if you know you know back like 10 years back if india could have you know taken this step that okay maybe we don't need all these social media companies in our country uh, and you know maybe we'll build our own alternatives in a way and if these are you know home grown mm-hmm. companies then maybe we can we would be you know better we would be you know able to regulate them much better than what we are able to do right now um so mm-hmm. uh, you know i see that you know world is getting divided into two spaces one is you know one other people who are you know uh, more into allowing the companies uh, with you know which operate in several legislation zones and other is that you know having your own cyber so- sovereignty at one place that you know if i uh, if uh, i own sovereignty over a country then i also own the sovereignty over the cyber space of this country so uh, what do you feel about that nikhil uh, you know india doing the china thing yeah so uh, there there are there are uh, multiple aspects to this i will also come to yasas points in a little bit but yeah first thing i will talk about what what ishan mentioned so uh, the first thing is yeah you did mention uh, something about having a regulatory sandbox yes yes every almost every country i mean i guess every country missed the bus some countries did not choose to board the bus but every country missed the bus so like there is no country that has like you know perfect legislation against social media everybody's going as they learn that is there but that does not excuse despotic laws which will come to later but the thing that you mentioned about you know following the china route of banning or not allowing uh, external social media companies to operate anything like that that has that is a problem that creates other, that that is a solution that creates more problems so problem number one that it creates is it creates a because of the nature of the internet it creates a division in society somebody who is more technically savvy will be able to use vpns will be able to use technology to circumvent any such ban and access internet outside so you are now creating a have and have not just based on your policy which is not good and this also of course correlates with uh, this knowledge also correlates with access generational wealth and all these things which are a different problem altogether number two what the policy china follows is not so much as to encourage home grown alternatives the policy china follows is to encourage what it thinks is the right way of thinking and the right way of speaking so by saying that we encourage homegrown alternatives and telling that you know china encourages homegrown alternatives versus encouraging foreign companies 
we are essentially painting this you know we are painting this wolf in like putting this wolf in sheep's clothing because it is not encouraging homegrown companies it is encouraging its own way of thinking a way of speaking and a way of thinking that it feels is right so there is no concept of free speech at all there so that is as that aside so should india have done that definitely not i i would say definitely not because you might you might say that okay uh, social media had a role to play in brexit social media had to play a role to play in the election of trump social media had a role to play in the rise of hindutva and whether these are good or bad social media had a role to play in all these events but you cannot also deny that social media has played a massive role in the recent second wave of covid where people are looking to social media to find beds to find oxygen cylinders to find all these things so social media is not it's not a it's not a devil per se it social media is good if it's been put to good uses it can be bad if it's put to bad uses so that you cannot really say that we should not going away from social media is not the option number 2 uh, coming to uh, a slight uh, thing that you mentioned about you know uh, homegrown alternatives we are looking at homegrown alternatives right you have you you have coo that launched recently but the problem with uh, social homegrown alternatives and uh, you know social media to be actually social and media requires a certain consumer base and requires interaction with you know people from diverse backgrounds and diverse societies so what you are doing with essentially a homegrown alternative is you are walling off your own country from other people see all these success stories you see of you know a founder in india reaching a vc in the united states and then creating a million dollar company will never happen if there is social not no social media that allows interaction between these people so you are creating a walled off garden and essentially saying that yeah whatever is outside is dangerous Hmm. that is not that is not the way to go about it at all right coming to yeah okay yeah. no no continue yeah. so uh, coming to something that uh, vyas mentioned essentially about uh, not leaving wiggle room for social media companies there is wiggle room though like that is that is the key thing about this law there is wiggle room and there is only one wiggle room you either follow what the government says or you are essentially your environment is so hostile you have no other option so one of the key aspects of this law is something called traceability or uh, you should be able to trace so in the in the in the age of whatsapp where you know everybody sends forwarded messages uh, you should be able to trace the original sender of a message that requires breaking an end to end encryption pipeline that exists so this end to end encryption pipeline essentially ensures user privacy right now you might agree with the current government in power and you might say oh yeah they are not going to hurt me but the thing is this is not this is not a permanent thing a government that comes in later can say oh yeah look look at that guy. look at that guy that guy is not really in our favor and now there is no user privacy involved there is no internet encryption involved so you are anybody is able to spoof your message anybody is able to read your message and there is a lot of security hacks like the loopholes that can be in place uh, one last thing yeah. uh, the other thing that is also when i mentioned there is legal room the other thing mm-hmm. is there is a lot of discretionary power in how these laws are enforced so that is a big problem so you, you look at some of the uh, guidelines that they have so they say that you know in any complaint that the uh, grievance redressal officer receives and it also creates a by by dichotomy there it creates a dichotomy between significant social media companies and you know just social media companies essentially based on their user base but that also it also gives the government a power to say who is significant and who is not so the government can designate anybody to be significant and impose much stringent rules on them even if they do not satisfy the basic numbers criteria that is in place so there is a lot of discretionary power which allows essentially allows the government to say look i know i'm making unreasonable requests but they also know that all these rules cannot be followed all the time like you you will know realize that if you read them you will know that all these rules cannot be followed all the time 
and essentially what the government is doing is look i can look the other way when you don't follow these rules when i when you follow things i essentially want you to follow so taking down speech that is critical taking down you know anything that they feel is critical about their policies or anything else if they say and the social media companies don't follow it because in that case the social media companies might be in the right they might say look i was looking all the other way until now but i will not now i will bring down the whole force of the indian government on you which essentially makes it you know a very very bad environment for any company to operate right uh, so yeah. nikhil i just want to like bring this discussion back to the you know the everyday affairs that happens so i just want to understand like uh you know initially when we were discussing that you know who is the main guardian of free speech in in a society so i think the free speech they also exist with a state because unless there is a state to protect you know to protect the your your right to have a free speech you know uh, unless there is a state which can protect you from violence because you know free speech is essentially related to violence you know if you are going to say any something it is essentially if it is going to you know hurt someone else then maybe they are going to come for you and there is state to you know uh, save you from that and the social media yeah, social not, social media companies are you know essentially not uh, in a, in a no way you know they are like uh involved in and they have they don't they do not have you know responsibility or capability to you know uh make sure that no violence you know ends up happening uh, in our country so there are you know there, there are times when you know some content is you know essentially outrageous and just to there can be some you know genuine use cases for the government to in a way you know put uh, put a cap on that kind of a, you know language or a speech maybe there is this hateful trend which is going on and government is worried that you know they get, that can cause some sort of a riot in the in, in, a, in the country and ultimately it is uh, the government which would be you know responsible for that uh, and the other thing you know the other interesting thing that i found from what you said was that you know uh, that if you close uh, your own people from uh, interacting with people outside uh then that can also be counterproductive and uh, uh one good example of that is the you know one good example is of that is you know looking at chinese diplomacy uh you know the chinese you know uh, uh, because chinese last number chinese are not in on twitter right so because since large yeah. number of chinese are not in twitter they 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 when you you know actually read through their tweets you know you see that you know what what is what is this yaar ye kya chal raha hai why why are they doing it ye sab cheeze kyun likh rahe hain but they are doing it because you know their people they don't understand how you know people outside think and react and how how these things actually work in a free space uh, they know how to you know make it work in the in a controlled space uh, and in the times when you know the information warfare is in a way Uh, a fifth dimension of a warfare these kind of things actually do ma- matter uh, and i agree with you that you know maybe that is some that is a way of looking at things uh, so vyas you want you had a counter uh, regarding a point that nikhil made uh-huh. yeah 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 so uh, the point uh, uh, so uh, there are a couple of things that i would like to comment on the first one was that uh, whatsapp uh, being required to break their end to end encryption Uh, to sort of uh, enable uh, government to track where the message was sourced from right so so th- that is uh, so uh, first of all the end to end encryption that whatsapp has implemented it is a product decision and and it is not actually the end to end encryption which ensures any sort of privacy for the user the user privacy can be ensured without end to end encryption also uh, it, uh, for an example all the users can be converted into anonymous no- nodes right and then you have full access to what goes from where uh, but at the same time you do not know who exactly that person is so end to end encryption is just one way to implement uh, privacy uh, th- like whatsapp has uh, enough money to hire brilliant engineers to achieve it while still uh, sort of following the laws in india 
so uh, the, the second point that i wanted to come to was uh, that uh, there is a sense that indian laws are somehow more repressive or and sort of uh, are are into you know regress to a uh, time in the past but at the same time these social media companies are having problems in all jurisdictions so uh, i i mean it's it's not just in india it's not just in the us it's not just in the australia it's not just in europe not just in africa it's everywhere so so uh, th- th- that sort of points uh, to to the social media company being the problem instead of the local laws being the problem so uh, i i mean uh, and 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 your point about uh, uh, sort of allowing uh, too much discretion Uh, uh for uh, f- f- in, in 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 the laws and sort of uh, the authorities being able to decide which law applies and which law doesn't apply so i think that is a very valid point and it is a wider problem in india in india no person can do any task without breaking some law there is always some law that everyone is always breaking and it is always the ju- the uh, sort of authority that decides okay which law will apply here and which law will not apply here so so uh, there are overlapping laws there is uh, immense amount of a uh, potential to apply laws uh, like uh, there is so much legislation out there that uh, you, you can pick up a sub point from any legislation and sort of apply it in, in the context and and it is uh, you know uh, there is too much discretion there uh, but at the same time that discretion uh, is also serving a prudent purpose which is that uh, it, it is very easy for these large platforms to not only go out of control but then to also start revolutions so uh, for example uh, the uh, the revolutions in all the middle east countries which which happened in the early 2010s right so all of that was a direct product of facebook groups uh, which uh, which sort of enabled communication of information among uh, you know a cert- certain bubble of people uh, youtube algorithm is is probably the most powerful software out there in the world today uh, by by altering a few variables on youtube algorithm you can probably start a riot in in almost any country so uh, i i mean uh, these algorithms uh, for example the algorithm by which twitter controls which tweet to show you first is that not an example of at least edited speech i i mean that is certainly not free speech right they are basically deciding what you are going to see uh, so uh, i i mean there is no democratic democratization of uh, what what you get served uh, it is always decided by the algorithm which is sort of shaped by uh, their motive to maximize profit so uh, i i mean uh, the, the way that these companies uh, operate their algorithm those are completely kept in the dark uh, and uh, their networks give them way too much power the more uh, number of people sort of that join their network the more powerful they get and uh, they are facing lo- problems everywhere uh, in in all the countries right so i i i i just think that uh, i i mean uh, the state is not in the right but but the private companies are definitely not in the right and now this will be my last point before uh, handing it over to ishan uh, so so this is something that uh, ishan was mentioning that uh, it, uh, do these big companies require to be broken up by jurisdiction so there can be a facebook india and there can be a facebook brazil and there can be a facebook australia right uh, so so uh, that actually solves a lot of problems because uh, the the, the the right to tax is 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 sort of fundamental because as ishan mentioned right the the state is providing the machinery under which the economic transactions which the company is making can operate so uh, the state's right to tax those economic transactions is fully legitimate and uh, sort of when you create one company which is registered in one place and operating in 200 different countries then there is a lot of tax stealing that is happening some countries are earning more tax than they deserve and some countries are losing out on valuable tax dollars which they earlier used to get so so uh, i th- i think that is a tug of war that will go on 
and eventually there will uh, be figured out an amicable solution to that uh, so that all jurisdictions can sort of benefit from these international media companies which are operating within their jurisdictions so uh, i i think that is that is where i i see this uh, dialectic moving towards and that is the synthesis that we will come to that there will be a revenue sharing agreement between different governments and uh, tax sharing agreement and uh, yeah yeah so nikhil uh, what do you think about this model that uh, vyas just suggested that maybe you know we can break down all these companies in various legislation and maybe that is the way to go for i mean there is there is a valid argument to actually do that because you know sometimes you, when companies get way too big there is a valid argument to actually break them down because if even if not in case of free speech there is a valid argument to break down monopolies and yeah i don't think anybody would argue against the fact that right at right at this point google you, uh, facebook to an ex- and facebook to an extent amazon yes amazon to an extent i say that with a box like negative but like you know, amazon to an extent are all you know, monopolies of their own uh, this things of their own domains so i mean there is an argument to actually break them down but that aside uh, the just just recently like i think uh, one hour ago or something uh, the g7 countries essentially did agree to a minimal taxation policy of 15% which will probably not work because you know it's uh, that does that's not how anything works in uh, taxation policies and how countries make their money but yeah so there are countries are moving towards some sort of at least a minimal tax rate so that to avoid people evading you know companies evading taxes but the thing i would like to actually come to with what we have said yes i i agree that you know private companies are not a beacon of free speech like these companies are not a beacon of free speech and the fact that these algorithms actually show you what you know they think you want to see or what they think will make them the most money is an example of of course is an example of edited speech it's not a, it's not totally free speech but that's not the point the point is not that just because these companies are not an example of free speech we impose more restrictive speech policies and no policies that incre- encourage more restrictive speech so just because something is bad you don't make it worse you make it better so you regulate policies based on their algorithms you make them reveal their algorithms you do stuff like that you don't say that you know you do, you cannot exist unless you follow our so that is the problem here and the last the last point is true uh, with the, the the problem is not as much of you know the problem is not as much that there should not be a rule there should not be a regulation the problem is this regulation does one thing and it forces the social media companies to follow government rules which like i like i would repeat like which might be good if you like this government which might be bad if you don't like this government but you have to realize that is not permanent so what speech you actually like and this government encourages might be discouraged by a government in the future so this is not permanent and in india like we have said uh, you know laws are very wide everybody is breaking laws but in india there is one more tendency that you know very common bad laws are never repealed bad laws always become worse at the end of the day you know somebody takes a bad law and just makes it worse they never make it better so that is also a problem we need to look at and yeah i would like to yeah. so uh, yeah. lastly like i just want to have like i just want to put my own personal thoughts here and conclude uh, one thing is that you know essentially uh, the point that we are debating and that we were debating over here was not that whether or not government has a right to you know uh, force the gov- uh, force all these private companies to follow the rules that it makes i think this is a principle that should be agreed upon by all you know whether it is this government or that government if it is a law that has been made by a government and uh, government ha- is popularly elected by the people and you know if there is something wrong with the law then maybe you can go and ch- uh, challenge it in the supreme court but once it gets sanctified through this process then i think you know the authority of government to make any law uh is something that does not make sense to challenge 
like this uh, whether it is a law that is made by one party or another i think it is this principle of being able to do it uh, that is uh, more important and that is where the exercise this sovereignty so i think this entire issue is about sovereignty and content moderation for me uh, and uh, i do see that there are biases when it comes to content moderation policies uh, of the government uh, and and in a way through this discussion we were able to at least come to this agreement that uh, maybe there are uh, there are there are gray areas in the way uh, all these technologies are functioning and uh, maybe people don't uh, realize the actual implications of all these technologies on society and over time as we mature and evolve as a society you know and as a generation which has you know you know grown through this phase uh, emerges and and gets gets into all these government structures maybe uh, it is then that we'll be able to see a better uh, uh some more evolved way of regulating uh, all these technology so that you know they are more uh, you know diverted towards uh, creating uh, some uh, some more uh, what do you say uh, economic value and maybe some positive resonance in the society uh, instead of you know uh just creating more troubles and you know playing into the fissures that already exist in the society so i think with that with this we can call it a wrap on this edition of mamamsa um thank you and please subscribe our channel be a new uh and that would be a really good thing um uh, for us uh and thank you again for watching the show bye